Hi, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that's ever existed. Oh my god, GarageBand sucks ass right now, so I'm just going to try to do this in one shot. I apologize if there are mistakes. Coming at you guys with another COVID check-in. The solo episodes are kind of on hold right now because I still don't have the plug-in for my laptop. I have to email those people and complain. Um... But yeah, my guest this week is a very close friend of mine, Becca Milner. Um, she runs a, she was on the fall 2019 episode. She runs an autumn themed Instagram account. Uh, follow her on that at Pumpkin Spice 94. Before I get into it, uh, check out my Instagram at James P. Crowley. Check out my Twitter at James P. Crowley 68. Follow us both on there. And I mean, guys, things are starting to open up again, so hopefully there won't be that many more of these types of episodes um but yeah uh let's get into it enjoy keep talking about this before talking about things but um before you hit record i do just want to say and i don't care if we record this later but i just want to make sure you know um i meant when i said every way by circus survive i meant the acoustic version and i didn't note that in the text oh okay i yeah we'll talk about yeah they're not that different i believe it um i legit just listened to your playlist two times before because i was away for the weekend so where'd you go hudson um hudson new york it's like 90 minutes north Oh, okay. Um, on the water? I, it might be, but, like, we just kind of stayed near the main part. Um, and, like, we went to a beach one day um, where it was, like, a pond, lake sort of thing. Um, and it was fucking closed for lifeguard training. Oh my god. So like we it was close to where the Airbnb where we were staying. So like we walked over and like had like bathing suits on and like you know had like our towels and everything. It was only five minute walk or so. So like it wasn't bad. But we get there and it's like close for lifeguard training and it's like fuck. So we ended up sitting in the backyard in our bathing suits drinking canned cocktails. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to ask you for your recommendations on what I should bring down to the barbecue and going for 4th of July. So we're actually going down to Maryland on Thursday um, to visit Nippon's family. Like, we're going to stay with his mom right. for the first half and then his dad with the latter half. So we'll be celebrating the 4th of July with his mom. And I want to bring down, like, canned cocktails, for lack of a better word, um, for the barbecue. And I need to I need to take a poll and figure out which one's the best kind. Um, so we had... Um... <laughs> You're asking someone that has a bias because my dad is in the industry. Um, so we had the Western Sun uh, blueberry lemonades. Um, and like those come in like four packs. They're 9% alcohol per can. So it's like two drinks in one. Um, <laughs> the only thing I would say about them is they are super sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was a child, I would have drank it because, like, so sweet you don't even know there's alcohol in it. Okay, well, ideal because I'm like terrible at drinking drinks that are like really strong and taste like it. So, you might like that. I also like they do. Is like, that called okay. Western Sun? Yeah, Western Sun Blueberry. I'll text it to you. Okay. Um, They also do like a mule in a can. Um, oh, cool. I like those. Yeah, so those are fun. Um, 
I don't like, they also have like a screwdriver that's canned. I don't like that. Why would you buy a canned screwdriver? Like you don't just have orange juice and vodka at your house. I don't know, man. Um, and they also do like seltzers and the seltzers are like, okay, you know, like pretty mm-hmm. solid. They do like lime seltzers. So. Oh, yeah. so, so is the Western Sun not carbonated at all? Um, really lightly carbonated? I think the the mules and the the lemonade the lemonade might be a little carbonated but it might not be uh the the mules not so much but vodka isn't carbonated yeah the seltzer the seltzers are though so yeah obviously (laughs) drinking flat seltzer with lime and soda (laughs) i mean that's Um, the tough part right because it's like for me like like my main problem with beer is that it's just it's carbonated and it's oh really for me like i don't like i don't like soda like i never drink soda um it's, I just don't like the carbonation. It feels weird in the best oh, way. I, I'm the complete, I could drink seltzer like it's water all day. Yeah, that's definitely like, something I just. And like, I try to avoid like soda and everything now as an adult, but like, I like a soda every now and then. Yeah, it's all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just to touch on Halloween quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, no, it's so funny that you met, just because I feel like there was a point in time that, like, August was also, like, the horror movie release month, and I remember Rob Zombie's Halloween sequel was released in August. Actually, I think the Halloween, oh no, I think it did come out in, like, late September, October, when they, like, remade, rebooted Halloween, like, two years ago or so. Uh, you mean with some, um, like literally Halloween, like the movie? Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Jamie the Lee Curtis and yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I saw that on Halloween with my mom actually. I think two years ago, or like the day or two before, or something. It was oh, a movie. Fun. Little is fun. Um, Phoebe Bridgers has a song called Halloween on her new album, and it's very good. Ooh. And it's it has a line in it. I like before this I was writing about that album so I have it fresh on my brain um but it has a line that like really works for like the context where it's I can count on you to tell me the truth when you've been drinking and you're wearing a mask which like is a Halloween thing but also in quarantine kind of has so relevant (laughs) (laughs) okay Um, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because that sounds awesome it's and look, if you are, if you do this interview, I have like, and you want some extra questions or just like whatever, I have a ton of questions. A fall influencer. Okay. <laughs> That's gonna be like the weird thing to send to my. God. My, my friend is kind of an influencer. It's only for like autumn content. <laughs> um, specifically. And you know what's funny? People will message me or like comment on my stuff whenever I post pictures of food. And they'll ask for the recipes. And I'm always like, oh my God. So now whenever I post something that's like a fall uh, drink or food, I always have to make sure that I have a recipe to pack it up. I can't just find random pictures on the internet. Active accountability. That's so funny. I mean, I imagine that's tough. Yeah, I I don't experience that at all. I just get hate (laughs) mail sometimes. Oh, fun. Yeah, I mean, part of being a reporter. Um, Yeah, I mean, I bet you, like that's a... Like the worst that I ever get in terms of like negative feedback is someone being like, it's too soon for fall. And I'm like, <laughs> you're in the wrong place for that, sweetie. 
I mean, I also troll you sometimes. Yeah, but that's you, and it's funny, and I'm like, I know. That's about yeah. it's like, right. Jimmy's giving me shit. Well, um, but yeah, but so before we get into songs, uh, what have you been up to in quarantine? We did see each other earlier this month, which was nice, but yeah. So, um, wow, what have I been up to during quarantine? Really. Like, I don't want to say not that much because it's been like three months and I really hate to look back and think I haven't really been doing anything. But it's a definitely a new kind of doing something because like you're stuck in your house and I've been taking it yeah. relatively seriously. Like I really do try to not go out unless like it's to the grocery store or like in small social gatherings. Yeah. But I would probably say that I've done a lot in terms of like redecorating my house or my apartment right. rather, like trying to... Um, kind of complete rooms that like and I kind of put off or whatever put up lighting or pictures or whatever buy new furniture um I've been taking a, a class over the summer so I'll, I'll we'll talk about it later a bit more um but like instead of trying to find a job or an internship this summer I made the decision to just take classes yeah um so that's yeah and then well, we're about you... to travel to go visit Niffin's family so my, yeah. my boyfriend's family so um, well, because you were also in law school when quarantine started. I mean, you're still in law school, obviously, but yeah. like, you know, so like you had to do like the shift to like online Zoom stuff pretty yeah. quickly, right? How has that been? Uh, definitely a challenge because it's, it's like for smaller classes, for certain classes, it's, it's not as big of a deal. But when you have like a 99 person lecture hall, that goes yeah. for two hours at a time with not really any breaks. It's like, you know, it's really hard to focus and do that in a, in a computer-based environment where you have to like watch a lecture on a screen for two hours when that's, when that's not what you signed up for, when like you switched halfway through a semester. Um, so like I was taking evidence last semester, which is generally unenjoyable, but a bit, you know, usually a little bit difficult of a class um, in law school. And switching to that halfway through the semester was really, yeah. that was it was kind of difficult to keep everything a bit organized and really just to like focus and pay attention when there's so many distractions and when you have to just like look at a screen for two hours straight like it's yeah not fun I feel that I like you know my I still live with my parents and um my mom you know is a teacher and like a pre-k teacher so I had to watch her try to figure out how to do remote learning for the whole yeah. quarantine and it was like, I mean, I imagine the, I imagine it's a pain in the ass for like college students and high, even high school students and, you know, grad school, law school, you know, all that stuff. But like, since everyone is kind of like an adult or a fully formed person, otherwise, I feel like you're kind of aware and able to adapt more. But like watching like my mom try to like teach pre-K over phone calls with parents was insane that's gotta have been honestly so hard like at least for and, older kids you, like you know you're supposed to pay attention and you yeah. like, really gotta tell yourself that you have to care about this but like for a, a, a child like a child in preschool yeah. or something oh yeah. no <laughs> my and like my mom's technologically challenged so she didn't have to do like the big like zoom with everyone in it but like she would do like some one-on-one -on -one stuff with the kids and I think I posted this on Instagram at one point where she like 
had like an iPad that she was like FaceTiming a kid on and then a laptop and she would like pull up a YouTube video with like a song and then just face them at each other. And I'm like, mom, just oh. learn how to screen share. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Um, so ridiculous. <laughs> well, you do what you yeah. gotta do, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's hop into the songs that you chose. Um, All right. So the first song you put on your playlist was Cleopatra by the Lumineers. I was Cleopatra. I was young and an actress When you knelt by my mattress And asked for my hand But I was sad You asked it As I laid in a black dress With my father in a casket I had no plans yeah. And I left Footprints, the mud stained on the carpet, and it hardly like my heart did when you left town. But I must admit it, that I would marry you in an instant. Damn your wife, I'd be your mistress just to have you around. But I was late for this. Late for um, Tell me a little bit about this one. So uh, this one actually doesn't really have that much like of a really deeper meaning to it. Just over the break, uh, I really got into, and by break, I mean quarantine. I've been really just <laughs> listening to, I've just been listening to a lot of Lumineers, specifically um, this album, which is called Cleopatra, the song. Right. You know, the one I think most people know off the album is Ophelia, which is just a jam. And, um, you know, I just, I really, I really started listening to Lumineers and I really, really, really like this album. I think this is um, only is the little... second Lumineers song I've ever heard. I think there's like two that are really popular. It's like Heyo from yeah. uh, the first, from the Lumineers self-title album and then um, Ophelia from this one. Yeah. But this one is a little bit more, you know, like it tells a story about someone who made some fast and loose decisions when they were younger and then like grow up and live with it. At least that's what it is to me. And it's a little bit of, um, like, it's a little bit emotionally cathartic to me, um, even though I can't really say that I've had this exact experience. But, like, you know, the, the cool part of music is that you get to kind of put yourself in someone else's shoes and you can interpret whatever, like, the art however you, you want to, however it makes yeah. sense to you. And it's, you know, to me, it's just catchy and fun. And I like it. Yeah, I'm, like, scrolling, because I admittedly didn't pay as much attention to the lyrics as maybe I should have for a lot of these. But I'm, like, looking at these and... You know, it kind this like kind of like reads like a Phoebe Bridgers song. <laughs> so I'm like, I should probably revisit this and pay more attention to what this is. Um, yeah, and you know, like you might actually find it like interesting too, because part of the story is sort of like in the beginning he describes something that to me makes you know he's like, you know, I was Cleopatra, I was an actress, and it you know it does it has a lot of theater imagery, it has it talks about like, yeah. lighting and about death and about change and yeah good <laughs> <laughs> um dope cool yeah i i feel like i've always been kind of not resentful towards the lumineers what's the right word i've always been like hesitant because like they kind of they came out around the same time that mumford and sons came out and were huge 
and like yeah. I was kind of like, this is like fake folk music. <laughs> I think it's more of like an indie yeah. alternative, like, and I'm not usually like super into that music, but I guess, I guess everything for me right now is just a little more mellow, maybe with like yeah. spikes of heavy emotion, but generally day to day. I'll admit that I think that a lot of the the first two songs that you picked were very, I don't want to say off-brand. Yeah, off-brand. They, they weren't yeah. totally what I expected from you, which has what been what these quarantine calls have kind of been. Um, where you know, when you're stuck like, inside with yourself. Um, when you're stuck inside with yourself for a long time, you you're forced to look at yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that I had intentional change, but like a lot of self-reflection for sure. Well, and yeah, I guess you're, yeah, you're like time. checking out different things. Um, yeah. But your next pick was Black Madonna by Cage the Elephant. like a you know what's it called a uh like common trope i feel like in pop music in general where it's like we're gonna do this really dark or serious song but it's gonna be upbeat <laughs> yeah and you know actually something i was wondering and kind of thinking about um well i guess over quarantine i have sort of thought about media a lot and the role that media plays in a modern society where I feel like and I mean media can I'm using it in a very broad sense so I mean anybody who kind of got an influence through their whatever they're producing yeah. and people are eating it up and living that way so you know when you watch a lot of Netflix or when you're watching TV or you know um, listening to this kind of music it's something that gave me a little bit of pause was I wonder like 
is it is it so much that cheating is really a huge part of society that like everybody has to deal with that every that it happens to everybody or like it's this really common thing or is it just something that is when it does happen which is less frequently than maybe you would believe just by watching tv or listening to music but then when it does happen it's just it causes such emotional like trauma and then there's you know you could have drama with right. it on tv like people are interested in it because they know how much it kicks the dust up in somebody um, um I, you know kind of thinking about that what well think? so one of the things i remember i heard this on a podcast once where um they i forget who what podcast it was and what i think they were just talking about like relationships and people having affairs and things and they said like unfortunately about 50% of men cheat and about 50% of women cheat. And very often the people that cheat aren't dating each other. Um, which, I mean, I don't think that's to say like every single relationship, someone cheats. Um, and I mean, I don't know what metrics they were using because you end up getting into other things. Yeah. Like what counts as cheating? Um, because I mean, especially with all this new technology, like there's yeah. so so much opportunity to do the yeah. wrong thing. But like, I end up thinking like, I, I've I've been reading a lot of um. I don't really read Reddit a lot, but I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole of reading our relationship advice, um, because some of those stories are just kind of ridiculous. Um, mm -hmm. But like, you end up reading some of the things, and you're just like. You know, and it's just like, oh, my boyfriend has a Tinder and he's not meeting anyone because of quarantine, but he is like swiping on people and things. And it's like, don't get me wrong, that's shitty. That is one, but is that cheating? And then like you end up getting into like emotional cheating and things like that. And like, you know, I've had it, like, I've spoken to a lot of people about this where like, you know, I've had times where like, I'm dating somebody, but then, like, after a sh comedy show or something, someone is flirting with me, and, like, I'm kind of flirting back and enjoying it, but, like, I have no intention of it going any further than that. Does that count as cheating and things like that? So? You know, it's a really interesting question, like, and I think it does become highly personal at some point, because I think different people have different lines at which they would draw that, that barrier. Um, and I think that your upbringing might have a lot to do with it, like your yeah. values and kind of what you what you've been taught to, um, like what you've been taught is the right thing. I'm using air quotes here, but yeah. um, and you know it it is kind of it is kind of crazy because it's like you, know, you hear so much about it, and you know even even like you can like if I kind of challenge anybody listening to think of like one person in their life that they that they know has has been affected by by a relationship where there was infidelity of some kind. I bet you it would be pretty common, but like maybe not so extreme every time. Right. You know what I mean? Um, like it doesn't have to be, you know, this kind of raging affair every time, but just something right. where like, you know, my boyfriend has a Tinder account and that, you know, he's not meeting up with other girls. Maybe he's not even talking to them, but like, why would he have that? Yeah. You know, like it's kind of, it is. It's kind of, yeah. It's or like, even I wouldn't like that. I'd be like, oh yeah. There was, there was one, the reason I used that example was I read one that was like, we've been in quarantine for so many months and I saw my boyfriend has a Tinder account and I, I questioned him about it and he mentioned that he wanted 
to, he was using it where he had a fake account where it was a woman's account and he was swiping through guys and he wanted to see their haircuts because he was like, you know, I just want to <laughs> like get an idea now that barbershops are opening up after quarantine. And like, he was kind of like, um, oh, you know, what, like, he was like, if I Google haircuts, it's just going to give me male models. This will show me, like, real people. And I'm kind of like, I I kind of believe him, <laughs> you know. I, well, first of all, if, if, if the guy himself is posing as a girl on Tinder yeah. and then only seeing other guys, like, yeah, that doesn't sound to me like a moral gray area at yeah, all. Yeah, that yeah. actually sounds kind of like a cool uh, it's interesting an interesting perspective like yeah I, I was kind uh, of actually oh sorry oh no I well because I I sent that to like I think like three people and like one was the girl I'm dating now Emmy and I was like I kind of believe this guy and she was like yeah you know to be totally honest if I saw tinder on your phone I would flip a shit but then if I saw that you were doing that and you explained it like that to me I'd be like that's weird but okay <laughs> yeah like I mean so if, if that if it if, if what she's getting angry at is that she just sees the tinder app on the phone yeah I mean I could understand that reaction like it would be a bit like yeah, you yeah. know it, it would upset me but like if that if, but then if you literally showed me that that's exactly what it was it'd be yeah. like oh well there were people okay, like weird but whatever does it for you there were people commenting on it like maybe he has a real one and he signs back and forth and someone was like yeah but wouldn't it just be easier to just re-download the app each time after using it so i don't know but yeah in terms of like cheating i feel like i have you know you end up hearing like different things from friends and stuff and like you said i don't think it's always like this like white hot affair i think that it's sometimes just sort of like you know oh they like ended up hooking up with this person when like we got into a fight or something or like you know what you know all sorts yeah. of like shit and yeah. like it's like you know so like it ends up being like what counts as and like what can a relationship recover from cheating because like there's you know the drunkenly making out with someone at a bar one time and like you know consciously soberly being like i am going to have sex with this person i mean while the intent factor there is probably a little bit different yeah um I would still probably say they're both equally cheating. Like whether you did oh, it on a whim or whether you did it premeditatively. Yeah. That no, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I, I could sound like this is yeah. a murder trial. But um depending on who but, you cheat on, it might be. <laughs> but yeah, no. So it's like yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And like I feel like most of the stories I hear about like people in real life cheating, they're all kind of more what's the word it tends to fall more into something of a gray area yeah, if that makes definitely. sense where yeah, it's like does. yeah where it's like me and my girlfriend got into a fight and then like she was like I'm breaking up with you and I knew we were gonna get back together the next day and like make up for our fight he's like but that night I was like I'm single and like 
you know, yeah, that's, great. Like, that's <laughs> cheating. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that would depend on who you ask. I bet you there are people out there who would be like, no, you know, your girlfriend broke up with you. That So whatever you do now, like, you know, that's on her. That's her fault. I yeah. mean, I, I, I would probably be on the other end of the argument. I'd be like, no, if you know you're getting back together and you're just in a fight and she's just saying shit because she's mad, then, like, that's 100%. Well, yeah. but, um, like, one of my close friends from college, that was what he would do a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, bet I know which one you're thinking about, too. But yeah. <laughs> We'd go but, out um, to the bar, and I'd be like, well, what about, and he was like, she broke up with me, and I was like, oh, okay, you guys broke up. He's like, we're going to be back together tomorrow. <laughs> He's like, maybe later tonight, if I don't meet someone. Um, you know, but I think, I think you're kind of right in that the more common experiences, or the, I would, I would hazard a guess to say that the most common experiences, like what you were describing earlier, where you're kind of you're hitting day-to-day encounters and you have to kind of decide how you want to act like if you're yeah. like you know if you have a show you get off afterward you have a girlfriend but like some you know someone from the audience comes up and just wants to kind of flirt with you for a couple of seconds like is that great of you like probably not but is it and like I hope I'm not pissing your girlfriend off but like but like you know is it really cheating no like it's not you know you're human and like that's a someone coming up to you after you've had a performance there's going to be some idealism there um and like it's kind of right. a little bit you know as long as it's as long as you have that barrier there where you're just like oh we have a couple like a back and forth conversation for like two minutes and then everybody moves on with their lives yeah. i mean i've but also like, talked okay to, i've talked to people about that too where like i'm like that's kind of almost more satisfying than like if I'm single and I meet someone after a show and like, you know, I'm trying to hook up with them because like in my mind, I could always be like, well, I could have had sex with her, but I didn't because I have a girl. I mean, and that's like, I think everybody, I think everybody, like as much as people would not want to admit it because, you know, people like me, especially who just want to think of themselves as like moral yeah. and good people and, and faithful and loyal and everything. But it's like, I think that is, that's common to the human experience, just to kind of like boost your own, like your confidence and your self-esteem, which is, which is important in a relationship too, I think. And like, ultimately, yeah. you know, like I always kind of put everything in terms of my own relationship. So it's like, okay, let's say Nathan was doing a show because like, you know, he's a music yeah. and like some girl came up after the show and was like flirting with him. Like, how would that make me feel? And it would be like, it would make me feel and like how I would feel about it would be entirely dictated by how he was. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, I don't want to tell him that he can't like, have a, you know someone. kind of positive feedback from music or whatever but yeah. there's a line there there's a line and that's you know yeah don't put your no, toe against I'm... it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no i totally get that um but yeah so let's move on into your next pick which was we're through by the hollies i should be better off without you you take a pride in making me blue Cause I can leave you alone Cause I'm you from the start Give me, tear me apart 
it became like kind of what I expect from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a little bit more about um, about like what I've been doing during quarantine. <laughs> so first of all, the song is just like catchy. And of course it's from uh, the Hollies who is like, you know, hashtag throwback because they were popular during like the 60s and yeah. 70s. Um, and this song actually, I had heard a few songs by the Hollies before just from my lifetime, um, you know, having parents who grew up during this time and like listening to music yeah. from that era. But this song, particularly, I heard because I was watching the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. And I am not a huge comic book person or even really a huge superhero person. I'm not really either. But I would recommend watching this show solely for the soundtrack. It has just... I've heard a lot about that. Such a good, such a good soundtrack. And it's like, the way that the show is executed is really high quality. And like, the writing, I think, is pretty good. And of course, it's based off of work that Gerard Way has done and I I've heard mixed like things about Umbrella Academy to be totally honest like I've heard that it's great but I've also heard that it's like I've heard that it's like one of those shows too that like you could watch it once and like you'll be invested and enjoy it but then you'll be like this wasn't very good like do you know Bonding on Netflix? No I don't. Um it's terrible um it's very <laughs> it's it's not very good in my opinion um what's it about but it's about a girl who's a college student by day she might even be a law student i don't know um but like grad school student by day and a dominatrix by night um oh wow and like it's supposed to be like like a sitcom so it's like her and like That's her best friend sitcom? yeah um but like then there's like dark stuff every episode is like 20 minutes so like you can watch it very easily and like i think i watched them all in like a day but like it's not great like i finished wow. watching it and i'm like this wasn't very and like they have a couple of people that are like really good like um Darcy Carden, I think her name is, from The Good Place is in it. And like there's I think one other person that's big. Um, but there's also like a handful of like New York comics that like I'm friendly with or like that I've like done shows and stuff with that like I know that are in it. And I'm like, that's interesting. Hey, I'm really sorry. Can we take a pause for like two seconds? My microphone just my Yes. Um, but actually, so more on this, this song by yeah, the Hollywood, because about, it seems so, yeah. it, well, it's also a song about cheating, <laughs> like, <laughs> this song is, like, breaking up with uh, whomever, because they they cheated on him, and it's, you know, and the song is written in the 60s and 70s or whatever, so it's, like, right. out in the 60s, so, like, more to it, like, <laughs> is Just, it common because we hear about it, or is it common because it happens all the time, and I'm, I don't know. From our conversation, I'm kind of thinking probably a little bit of both, but yeah, I think that I also go think, to church. I think that that's part of the reason why too. I think a lot of people now are. I don't want to say a lot because I feel like, I feel like, the majority of people aren't doing this, but I think that more and more people are kind of leaning into like open relationships and like polyamory and things like that. Where like, I'm like, I know I'm not down for that at all. No, but, not like, even a little bit. <laughs> not yeah. even a little bit. 
I'm like, I'd have to, (laughs) I'd have to like warn, I feel like if I was dating someone and I was like, oh, hey, do you want to like do an open relationship? That just means that we're going to break up eventually. Yeah, well, that's, I think like everybody in like, or at least I knew like a ton of people in high school who had really like, you know, like you were in high school and you had your high school boyfriend or girlfriend and you guys were just, you know, in love and it was so cute, but it was like totally not working out. And then when you both left for college, it was just like a disaster and falling out because people would try to do stuff like that to make like, to like both be together, but also not. And it's just like, what are you doing? The whole, to me, like the whole polyamory thing and the whole open relationship thing just cannot work because it's like, well, the whole point of a relationship is right. that you single this other person out to be, you More. know, like yeah. a like a singular entity yeah. that you kind of focus that energy on and like maybe you know and partner up with and like have a life together or whatever. And then I mean, you're I like think, doing that with a bunch of different people, you know. I think there are some people that can make it work, and like you know, I don't want to like criticize someone if like that's what they do and it works for them. Like by all means. excuse me I think like an open relationship I think like open relationships are doable for some people just because like it's kind of like some people are very good at separating sex from emotions um and like I know for me I'm not really like that at all um yeah like that's definitely not me (laughs) And, and like I'm someone too that like gets jealous and like I think that, like, if I was going to, really, sidebar, can you hear music blasting in the background? Okay, cool. Um, Sean has music blowing in the hallway. The door is closed, but. um, What are you going to do? But, no, I think that, like, for me, I'm someone that, like, even if, like, we've sat down and agreed, like, hey, this is an open relationship, we could, like, have sex with other people. I'd be like, I don't know if I'm game for this anymore after, like, it becomes a real thing. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it just definitely wouldn't be because I'm very, like, I don't know, I'm, I feel personally like I'm fairly selective and I don't like the idea of generally, like, sleeping around and having multiple partners and stuff. Like, yeah. if it really, I could never do it. And I, I don't understand, like, I like I couldn't understand if someone asked that of me I would be like personally probably really offended because I'd be like yeah you know like wait what yeah no I get that it's like yeah it's one of those things where like yeah (laughs) I think that it's just like if you don't want to commit to each other then just don't be in a relationship yeah like that would be my kind of or whatever like (laughs) hook up once and never again (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and like I get and like even like you know talking to people about like threesomes and stuff like I'm like I'm not someone that I think could ever like have a threesome with like a girlfriend Mm. like just because like don't get me wrong it's like kind of a male fantasy to be like I want to have sex with two women at once but like also me being me I'd be like well one is my girlfriend upset because like having sex with this other person but also I'd be like am I focusing too much on my girlfriend and not this third person yeah like and then like the jealousy uh, would come in if it was like another dude you know right no I totally yeah I agree like in theory that would that would really 
not work out for me either. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've had, uh, like, I think it would have to be, like, a one-night stand sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I've, like, had conversations with a male friend of ours <laughs> where he was like, let's have a threesome together. And I was like, I'd be game if we, like, met someone right now, but not, like... Wow, that's an interesting... Um, that's, uh, to me, that seems like a very interesting friendship that you'd have between, like, you and another male, actually, being like, hey, let's do that. Like... I feel like, and I'm not trying to say that makes, like, okay, so I'm not trying to say that it makes you sound, like, gay or anything it's like that. It's not like, gay if it's in a three-way, Becca. Have you never heard The Lonely Island? I, oh my god, okay. <laughs> but, like, it feels like, like, that's a really interesting relationship to have between two men. Like, yeah, where I you're mean, both focusing on, like, a third person, but you're able to do it together. Like, I would feel like that takes a lot of trust and a lot of, like, intimacy in a non-sexual way as well. Yeah, I mean, I end up thinking, I don't know, I like, you've seen my act, I expose so much myself on stage. Yeah, I know, um, I have to hold my tongue right now just in case, like, my family ever hears me on this channel, but, like, um, no, but, like, but, you're just, like, your life's out there. Yeah, so, but, like, so, like, I feel like, for me, I don't know, I feel like, especially with guys, too, you end up thinking, like, all right, if we meet some random girl at the bar and, like, we end up having a threesome, like, it's, like, bros doing stuff, you know? <laughs> bros. Like, the same as if Bro we decide time. to be beer pong partners. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, that's so funny that you can equate that. Like, that's just so funny to me. That's so funny. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a male thing. I don't know. But, like, it, it'd be very, very different. interesting. Yeah. I don't, but anybody I feel... who says that they're not just like that men are so one-dimensional like I'm like no they just don't talk about it like girls do or a lot of I, I feel like it would be different though if like the friend was like hey would you want to be a third from me and my girlfriend like that would take a little bit more thought than like yeah like yeah, 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 yeah. oh hey you know we met this girl tonight you know whatever <laughs> so yeah. yeah but yeah uh we're through by the hollies <laughs> <laughs> songs from the 60s not about threesomes no, nope. um, I don't know. I, I you gotta love the sixties and the seventies and the music that came out of it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and Umbrella Academy is good or no? I thought it was good. Um, the episode it's definitely not a sitcom. The episodes are like an hour long. Some of them may, yeah. may even be longer if I remember correctly. But I thought they were good. I was interested. I couldn't sit down and watch the whole thing in one day, but I could binge it over a couple, and it was been good. And I'm excited for the next um for the next uh, season to come out. I thought yeah. the actors were really good. I thought the music choice was really good. The costumes were beautiful. I don't know. I liked it. What can I say? Maybe I'll watch that. Uh, after everyone bullied me at my birthday to watch Avatar, I'm watching Avatar now. Oh, well, you definitely needed to be bullied about that. I'm very supportive <sighs> of bullying when it's necessary. <laughs> um, How do you like it? Uh, that Avatar has got to be one of my favorite shows. I don't even try that as a children's cartoon. It just, it hits me on every, it hits different. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not 100% sold. I'm almost done with season one. Like, I explained this, because like, I'm watching it with Emmy. So like, mm -hmm. we, you know, we're like, we'll like, both be like, one, two, three, go, and like, text throughout it or whatever. Um, and I mean, so like... I'm enjoying some episodes, some episodes, like, everyone's told me, like, there's some filler episodes, whatever, um, and, like, you know, I get that, no show is perfect, um, but, so, like, I told her, I'm, like, I'm enjoying it, but, like, 
I'm not sold enough that like if you dumped me tomorrow, I wouldn't. I would keep watching it. <laughs> uh huh. I see. Well, so, I don't know. This was definitely a show that I grew up watching, so it has yeah. the nostalgia factor. But going back and watching it as an adult, I felt like it's still. <laughs> That's what everyone says, <laughs> and like there are parts that I'm like, this is actually very good. Um, yeah, but then you know, the writing is really good. I think. I've oh, also been watching. Have you seen ads? I feel like you wouldn't watch it, but The Floor is Lava on Netflix. Oh, no, I, I, I'm aware of it, but I... I it's so it. good. I fucking love it. Is it good? It's, it's, so, it's just, like, stupid fun. <laughs> That's fair. But uh, let's well, move into... Before your... we move on from the Avatar, though, what vendor would you be? Or would you not I, be a vendor? I don't know. I feel there's got to be like a place I could take an online quiz, right? Oh, come on. You've got to know yourself a little bit here. I, I, I'm only in the first season. I don't know enough. Uh, so Emmy told me Geminis are usually airbenders, which I'm a Gemini. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like drawn to like firebending because like I'm a bad boy. Um, <laughs> and like... I don't know, like, I feel like I'm a Slytherin in Hogwarts, so I'm like, I feel like I'd be a firebender. Well, I kind of think that I would be a Slytherin in Hogwarts, but I definitely think I'm a waterbender. And, like, I'm a Capricorn, and that's an Earth sign, too, but oh, it's right um, on the cusp. Of, I'm, like, I'm literally born on the cusp, like, that the day that it changes, oh. like, one in the morning, so, like, you know, I kind of had, like, you know, at some point, like, sometimes when I read those, uh, like, what are they called, like, your horoscopes or whatever, it yeah. says that I'm a Capricorn, and then sometimes it says I'm an Aquarius, and then Aquarius is a water, is a water element. Yeah, yeah. But um, I feel like I'm just too stubborn to be an Aquarius. Have you taken, <laughs> have you taken the Pottermore quiz for your Hogwarts house? I've taken it, like, three different times over the course of my life, actually, and I've gotten a different house every time. The only house I've never gotten is Hufflepuff, and it's just because I'm too much of an asshole. Yeah. I, like, I recently retook it, and they gave me Gryffindor, and I was like, motherfucker. Uh, but I the first to see that, though, to be honest. <sighs> no. The first time I took it, though, I got Slytherin, and that's what I'm sticking with. Um, so... Well, the, most right, but... rec- the most recent time I took it, so, like, when I took it when I was in high school, I got Gryffindor. When I took it when I was in college, I got Slytherin. And then when I took it when I was in law school, I got Ravenclaw. And I was like, the only reason it switched from Slytherin to Ravenclaw was because I'm in law school. And they, like, <laughs> that's kind of like, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like, nah, it's, it's Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. I like, well, because they change it, too. Like, they, it's a yeah, they do. now, which, like, interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why it's changed to Gryffindor now. Um, maybe because I'm less evil I try to use my evil for good um (laughs) but uh yeah maybe (laughs) let's move on into your next pick which was I'm Not Angry Anymore by Paramore it depends on the day the extent of all my worthless rage I'm not angry anymore I'm not bitter anymore I'm syrupy sweet Rot your teeth down to their core if I'm really happy. Depends on the day if I wake up in a giddy haze. Well, I'm not angry. I'm not totally angry. I'm not all that angry anymore. Okay, so if you had to ask me about one song that just like kind of um, embodies what the quarantine experience has been like, and not even just for me, but I feel like for maybe everybody out there. 
is like this song where it's like I don't really listen to Paramore anymore um I liked that one album Riot when it came out in like middle school um but like this song is really really short and all it is is like well I'm angry and sometimes I'm not yeah sometimes I feel this way and sometimes I don't and it changes and it's just, just everything is across the clock all the time. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of, that kind of sounds, I mean, like think about all the things that have been happening during quarantine. Cause it's not oh, yeah. even, you know, it's just like, even within quarantine, we've had so many other things happening and, you know, in your personal life or in, in the world out there. And it's just like, I feel like there's no consistency, even though oh, no. we're supposed to just be staying home and locked yeah. down and everything's supposed to be like monotonous, but it's just not, it's just really not. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's just so many emotions and things coming out of everything, and, like, it's easy, like, I, don't, I get it where, like, you know, when I was going up to Hudson this weekend, I was like, oh, you know, let's plan to stop for dinner before we even, like, make the drive, because, like, I was anticipating, like, you know, sometimes I have really bad days at work, and I'm, like, in a mood for the rest of the night, and, like, I think that getting dinner will help calm that because like you know you get stressed you're like let me eat something and like drink water and like stuff but like I was like oh wait I'm actually very calm and then like you know like driving back on Sunday I'm like well now I'm like emotionally eradicated because I don't want the weekend to end and then like tomorrow I think that I'm gonna be like stressed out and angry because I have work so like yeah I get that um, and this, like, almost isn't, like, your typical Paramore song, because it's just, like, ukulele, I think. Yeah, it's, like, like, just, like, an, an acoustic or like, a ukulele yeah. or something, and she's just, like, you know, fuck, everything is just so turbulent, and I can't do anything about it. And again, yeah. again, it's just one of these light and airy songs that just kind of flip yeah. it and chill and up me, but then it's just, like all this emotions that I don't know what to do, all these emotions I don't know what to do with, and they change every five minutes, so, you know, maybe I'm just... <laughs> I actually think I like late Paramore better than early Paramore, to be uh, I would probably, I would probably say that, like, I don't listen to Paramore at all, really, anymore, but I will get, you know, like, I'll take a nostalgia trip down to Riot, yeah. and that's pretty much it. Um, After Laughter was very good, in my opinion, the most recent album. Um, I didn't love, did you listen to the Haley Williams solo album? No, I didn't. Um, it had moments, but I didn't love it. Yeah. You know, but we're, it's worth checking out for the sake of checking it out. But like, After <laughs> Laughter is very good. And so, like, I do think this album also has a lot of moments that are very good. Something that's almost sort of like ruined Paramore for me too is the fact that so now we're hitting a point right where songs that have already been popular during our lifetime growing up are now becoming popular again for nostalgia reasons yeah and uh misery business is the one now you turn on the radio and usually like some some station that plays like the hits or whatever is playing misery business and at first when that started happening I was like oh like that doesn't make me feel old at all but like this is cool and it was a jam and it makes it reminds me of being yeah. in band with people like in, in middle school and kind of this was the song that everyone would be like singing and dancing to while we're waiting for um, our teacher to come start class. And to me, actually, at, the, at that time during middle school, like, I don't know, it just seems like this, like, this is like, that's when everyone starts to like, 
fake date like it's your intro yeah, 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 yeah. because you're like you're starting to become 13 and you're a teenager but like you don't know what you're doing at all right and so the lyrics from the song which are kind of about like jealousy or upset that like you like someone and they like someone else or you like someone who has a girlfriend or whatever I'm just like that was little that was everybody all the time because oh yeah just like angry and and like now you hear people talking about the song and like how the lyrics are problematic and how like we don't, we know we're going to play the song, but we just have to like warn our listeners in the beginning that we don't support like whatever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, like it just kind of makes me mad because I'm like, are we really at this point in society where we can't even allow someone to just write a song about being angry and let it just stand? Well, I will say, I think, I think part of that is it's just the one line. It really is just the one line where it's the once a whore, you're nothing more. Um, and I think it's, and like, it's partially because Haley Williams herself has publicly disowned that lyric and then later the song. Like, she doesn't play it live anymore. My personal um, belief on that, though, is that this was, that's just like a product of trying to, to like be a part of the latest, um, cultural swing. Like, and, whatever. And, I mean, just, you listen to, like you know this pop punk classic but like you listen to the other pop punk songs from this era they're all just as bad you know there's sexism throughout i think that now <laughs> there's just been the the attempt to like correct them a little bit and i think like 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 do, you... do we listen to music that comes out now and it's like you know we listen to like rap music and it's way yeah. more offensive like there are certain lines in there or even not even just rap music like i feel like that's a little bit of an overgeneralization because obviously it's more well than there's that. still the stuff in like pop music and pop punk there's still a lot of problematic stuff that happens and like and i suppose I've... i just get kind of like confused as to why this is what's being called out because it's just like to me it's, it's like it, it's gotta be i guess but, like, I think that there are certain things that are coming out now that are, like, way more problematic and offensive. I mean, I think part of it, too, is the fact that, like, you know, Haley Williams doesn't want to be associated with, like, calling another girl a whore because she didn't, because, like, she liked her boyfriend or something like that. And, like, like I said, you listen to those early pop punk songs and they're kind of like that. And I don't think, you know... When Haley was still doing this live, she was she wasn't singing that line, and like I'm sure people in the audience still were. Um, do you know the band I Call Fives? No. Um, they were kind of like that era, but like sort of more in the realm of bands like The Wonder Years and Man Overboard, where like they were relatively popular within the scene, but not like famous and like now the wonder years are a big deal within their scene but they're not like you know paramore level big um but i remember there was an i call fives reunion show and it was dan from the wonder years singing vocals for them um and they have a song i think it's called ready to go and oh, let me see if i can fucking find the lyrics um but it has like let me see. My Last Mistake. My Last Mistake is the name of the song. And the chorus is, 
first things first, who are you trying to be? You've got looks, you've got charms and lack maturity. You get down on your knees for the first boy you see. Stop saying sorry, just forget about me. Um, but like Dan wouldn't sing the you'd get down on your knees for the first boy you see because he's like, you know, that's kind of problematic. And like people in the audience were still singing it. And I mean, I don't think that means he had like qualms with the song as a whole because it's just like an era of that pop punk scene but like he was just sort of like yeah I'm not gonna sing the line that like calls this girl a whore because you know I mean and, and that like makes me feel a different type of way than what what because like that in specifically is kind of a little bit more vulgar like and it doesn't like you know it's 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 like the guy, you know the guy's making a reference to you know a girl getting on her knees which is like yeah. that to me def especially especially and I'll I'll admit the bias here, but like with a guy singing it, like, did yeah. you ever hear the song um, Mount Diablo by the story so far? And it like, there's a line in the, in the second, in the second um, half of the song where like in the second verse after the chorus where it's like, uh, like, do you ever look yourself straight in the eyes and think about who you've let in between your thighs or something like that? Right. And like that lyric always like, to my core bothered me because it's like, like, damn, you know, like that's awful. Yeah. But like, to me, that's, those kind of things are so different than from Haley Williams from Paramore being 17 and being mad that she likes someone and being like, oh, your girlfriend's a whore. Like, I, you know what, I don't know. Like, it's obviously not nice and I'm not like condoning everyone going out. Right. Like, especially women on women, like calling each other whores and stuff. Like, I'm not supporting it. But I just think that like a public reaction to that in the way that that it's kind of modernly being portrayed feels like a bit of a cop-out and it feels like it's intentionally ignoring a real human emotion and experience and oh, no, that's I get kind that. of why I and don't like I mean I, I think that like you know if you go to emo night they play that song straight through no censorship you know and everyone's screaming every single word you know and like you know and because it's you know if you know the only thing that's difficult about that song is that one line yeah really, I think yeah. you know and like you know and you could kind of argue also about like the cattiness of it or whatever but I don't know I I think that like if I do think that it's important to kind of reference when things even if we enjoy them are problematic and like I think that pointing it out it's not really a problem and like you know it varies from medium to medium like uh did you ever listen to cute is what we aim for <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i only listened to cute is what we aim for for the first time like relatively recently like in the past few years um really? and listened to it and i was like holy shit this is bad like yeah. not like i'm like i would have loved this in ninth grade um and that's about the time i was like like middle school yeah. to ninth grade was the cutest what we aimed for but like listening to it i was like this is a fucking bad <laughs> like and like i i listened to it because a writer that I like, like, wrote an essay about going to see Cute Is What We Aim For on, like, a 10-year anniversary tour, and he's, like, it was a very sparsely attended show, it was, like, maybe, like, 50 people, and he was, like, I was standing there, and he's, like, by the end of the show, it was really just me and this other guy there, and, like, we both just kind of looked at each other, and he was, like, I don't know, man, I've got a wife and two daughters now, and I don't know how feel about any of this. Yeah. So I, I think that like acknowledging like this is something that I liked and it speaks to 
and emotion when I was younger is good, but I feel like also like acknowledging like <laughs> I was a fucking like there was a band called um Make Out and they were like trying to be like the next like all time low, like a pop punk, <laughs> like boy band type thing. Um and you know, they had a song I'm gonna see if I can pull up the lyrics. Um called what was it called it was like an acoustic song it was kind of shitty um crazy was the song that was like fun but like also problematic uh where what was it called was it secrets maybe yeah, this is the chorus to this song is your secrets are not safe with me anymore. You blew it with your bullshit, you fucking whore. And every time I think of you, I'm sick. And I bet you still think that you're the shit, but your secrets are not safe with me anymore. This came out in like 2017. I mean, and I'm like, uh, if this came out when right. I was 2009, I would have been like, hell yeah. But like <laughs> hearing it now, I'm like, this is bad. I mean, come on, right? Like, I'm not trying to sit here and say that I support people who are incredibly misogynistic or just, yeah. I think we are trying to move as a society past the idea that a woman who has more than one sexual partner in her lifetime is just yeah. a total hoe. Like, you know, there's not something morally corrupt about you just based on the fact that you have, yeah. like, had a, had a number of sexual partners like any man would have. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But to me, that it just does not come across in 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 misery business like that to me is just is being I guess like miscategorized because like I said to me when I'm listening to the song when I when like most people I feel like I talk to about it who experienced it with me at the time when it came out it's just like this is just about someone being well, yeah. pissed off and like you have these songs that are written by men who talk about like the the sexual habits of women yeah. that they like and like that seems way more negative yeah. and damaging and should be condemned and maybe even as a society say like, hey, we're gonna turn away from making that kind Had of thing. those first two brand new records. <laughs> That's, that to me, that is to this day still really tough because again, yeah. big brand new fan, but again, big oof, issues. just oof. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I've been thinking about brand new a lot recently. Um, just because, like, I think with all the fallout that's happening with J.K. Rowling, I'm like, are people still going to read Harry Potter? Because if people start reading Harry Potter again, I'm going to start listening to Brand New again. Um, I, I'm i not super hip about the controversy with J.K. Rowling because I stopped following her a long time ago. Oh, everyone, time ago. everyone that was, like, in the Harry Potter movies have, like, distanced themselves from her and, like, it's it's been rough. I'll like I'll like send you explain. Yeah, you can you like, can inform yeah, me yeah. Uh, later. But I will yeah. say that I have not. I like stopped following J.K. Rowling a very long time ago. Um, before we move on to your last song, uh, really quick, um, this was a substitution for "Truth Hurts" by Lizzo. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk to that song really quickly? Um, for sure. I, I swapped out that song because I just, I realized that it's very done, like, you know, but yeah. I do kind of, I will, since you brought it up, just like, yeah. it, you know, it does make me feel kind of like it's a little bit of a power anthem. When you find yourself yeah. confronted with a truth that really makes you angry or like, 
that makes you feel down about yourself and then you play this song it's like you know what yeah i am better than whatever negative bullshit someone i care about is trying to throw at me and it kind of just helps the process along a little bit i not to mention that it's extremely catchy and just like fun yeah. and you know I've, i see i see the comments people make on lizzo's like um performances and stuff like that and i'm like you know what she just looks like she's having fun man <laughs> yeah i i admittedly haven't watched a lot of lizzo's performances um but huh? like no i haven't watched a lot of lizzo's performances but like i love i love this song i think that record was very good um and yeah, yeah no i thought i liked on it but that yeah. was just the big one <laughs> i thought i thought it was really funny when you sent me the list and i was like oh that's fun because like i the way i've been doing these podcasts now in quarantine i just got a new laptop so like i've been a little delayed on some stuff because i can't hook up my like uh what's the word uh four track to it so like i've been on hold on doing like solo episodes and stuff but I've mostly been doing like these check-in calls, then like a solo episode, trying to do two a week. And now I haven't done solo episodes because I can't get my four track in. Um, but so like, this is coming back to back with the episode I did last week where someone else also chose Truth Hurts. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's funny. And then when you were like, has someone ever done Truth Hurts on the podcast before? And I'm like, last week. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause you know what? I don't know. People like to talk about women empowerment, but to me, Lizzo and this song especially yeah. makes me personally feel empowered and I get it. It makes me understand a bit more about like these types of movements and the important role that um, certain certain celebrities and, and certain songs even like you know music is really powerful and like it's one of it's one of the best ways to send a message and connect people over mutual feelings and experiences. And I think Lizzo totally hit it out of the park with this one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I love it. It's good. Um, but let's bring this on home with your last song, which was Every Way by Circus Survive. You're gonna have to reword every metaphor you'd use so that people who are hearing are confused. If that's the most important thing you do, detail every ounce of pain that you went through. version which i listened to a little bit of while you were uh changing your headphones okay cool yeah um well so circus is like probably my favorite band uh so yeah. i don't feel like anybody who knows me that's like not a surprise <laughs> um yeah. but so i picked this song particularly for my quarantine list because i feel like it's in keeping with some of the things that i just said about um i'm not angry anymore by paramore in the sense that yeah. this is a song about uncertainty and making choices and you know throughout i uh throughout quarantine like i myself have been confronted with um themes like isolation um yeah. making career or school decisions um 
I've been confronted with um, making choices that kind of directly reflect like my values or maybe consider my values. Um, I, you know, I live with my, I live with my boyfriend. We've lived together for a long time. Um, quarantine has not been like terrible for us or anything like that. But even among strong relationships, I think when you're really caged in together for a while, you, um, you do have to sort of, you hit certain periods where you do have to kind of look your relationship in the face and be like, what habits are we falling into? What, um, what kind of behavior are we exhibiting? What kind of interactions are we having when everything is the way that it is? And how does this translate to what things are like, maybe when things are more normal? Um, and so all of these things to me kind of are reflected in the song where it's just like, every time you have to make a choice, there's this chance that you're going to make the wrong one, but you just, you just got to do your best with it. And you just got to be honest and you just have to be, you just, you just always have to try, I think really what is what to me, it sounds like it's tough and it's terrible, but you just got to keep trying. Yeah, I get that. I, I mean, I think I mentioned this the last time you were on and like, I'm still not totally sold on Circus Survive, but like, I get that. (laughs) Um, It's like, yeah, I feel like we're, like you said, we're all kind of like exposed to more parts of ourselves to the people that we live with. Cause like, even like, you know, being like around my family so much now, like, I feel like, you know, my parents had no idea of like the way that I work and like what kind of like my, like, I don't want to say my attitude is when I work, but like, I am someone that's very like focused and like, I'll get like snippy when I'm working where I'm just like, you know, I'm like sitting writing an interview and my mom's like, can you show me how to zoom my friend? And I'm like, no, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think that it's a lot of learning. There's actually this funny meme that I saw uh, on the internet somewhere that I shared with Niffin because it was like, um, you know, it's like one of those two people conversations and the first one's like, yeah. you know, family member, hey, uh, don't you know how to use a computer? And then like computer engineer me no (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like that's every time we go over to visit my parents they're always just like hey can you help me with something and he's just like yep (laughs) I'm like (laughs) I've become the person with with my mom because like my mom's so bad with a computer that like she she has problems that I've never even heard about before (laughs) so like she'll be like why does this keep happening and I'm like I don't know what the fuck you did (laughs) but this is not something normal people ever experience yeah dude my mom comes to me with that shit all the time and I'm just like how did you even find yourself in this position in the first place like no one ever makes me feel worse about knowing technology than my parents at the same time but they make me feel incredibly good about it because it's like I'm not actually that good at technology yeah but like, like sometimes <laughs> my mom's like can you show me how to use google classrooms and i'm like i don't i've never used google classrooms yeah, right. like, how, how am i gonna know that <laughs> you know but yeah no it's we're all like just learning things and like i'll give my mom credit she got a lot better at certain things but like i'm still the person like doing not the hard stuff but the stuff that like takes time because like 
she had to do like these end of the year books for her preschool students and it was like and she, I was like okay I'll do it and I was like do you have all the pictures on the computer and she was like no and I'm like are they in your email and she's like no and I'm like this is gonna take forever <laughs> so I'm like you have to sit here and send them to me oh my god yeah that sounds like that sounds like about right yeah I mean but- you know in making the decision too, like, you know, it's funny that you talk about what your relationships have been like with your family um, now that you've been like living with them because you still live at home during quarantine. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't live with my parents anymore, but I still felt like as, as the school year came to a close and we were out for the summer, that um, my relationship with my parents was a huge factor in deciding what my plans were for the summer. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, I felt like I had to do my uh, had to do the bare minimum in, in looking for a job just to say that I did maybe get some interview yeah. practice but ultimately like I kind of knew before the end of the semester like in my gut where I was just like you know like I have to put myself at minimal risk so I can be available to help my parents out yeah. like you know that's just sometimes that's just how it is and like I look at my resume and it's I think it's in my own opinion like you know I think it's pretty strong and you know maybe there will be a gap what they'll refer to as a gap on your resume yeah. where like it'll say that I didn't work this summer but, but like, like- you know, like any employer to me, I feel like who I would want to work for or apply to working with, like if they would not understand that. Like, I'm not necessarily sure that that would be a place I'd want to work at because yeah. it would it would miss too much of the human element for me. I think the other thing too, not even just that, but I think that like we all know that what time we're living in. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like if there's like a gap on your resume from like, March 2020 till like whenever things get back to normal and like things like no one's going to be like what what's the deal with that they're going to be you just be like well you know there was the pandemic and I like you know it was difficult there weren't a lot of jobs available and like I had to help my family and things like that I don't think anyone's going to be like you know I don't know though because it's crazy like the people not to make this uh, podcast episode about law school but like really some like um going one of the biggest things about going to law school has been really making me realize what kind of person I am and like when it comes to a career what I really value yeah. and like going into law school I'm kind of like oh like I'm gonna be I mean I'm gonna be a career person in so much that like I want to have a family but I also want to be like good in my field like I want to be yeah. a lawyer. I want to be someone who can do work and do this blah 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 but then going through law school and realize and like meeting different people who have different ideas of what success is and especially when it comes to success in a career. Yeah. There in particular was like a group of um, students that I was working with earlier uh, in the fall semester mostly. And I hated working with them. I really hated working with them because they were the type of people that like you, their interpersonal skills really, like they were really intelligent and they were smart and they were able to do this like crazy work that we were trying to get done. But working with them was terrible because their interpersonal skills were just so trash. Like you could tell that that you could tell even without asking about like about it that in their own personal lives, their relationships with their family and like with other people just could not have been anything close to what I would consider fulfilling. Yeah. And I was just like, I, you know, I can't. I, I it made it did make me realize that I could not be like that. Like yeah. at no point will I kind of choose my career over other people or family for like example yeah yeah no I get that and I feel like I feel like you see stuff like that like 
in the, the fields I like comedy especially just because like there are a lot of people that are like family oriented like you know like relationship oriented whatever and they're like well I want to do comedy but I also want to focus on family and my relationships and things like that and then there's people that are like no I have to fucking be out doing open mics doing shows doing everything you know writing all the time doing a podcast and I mean I feel like I kind of fall somewhere in the middle where like I do value my relationships and friendships I I am someone that's more likely to like blow things off to do comedy and stuff um I try not to be especially if it's like something important but like you know it's difficult and like yeah I feel like it's hard to find like a balance between being like someone that like cares more about their career than relationships and or someone that cares more about relationships than career or like striking a balance it really it definitely is something that takes a lot of thought and you really do have to kind of self-reflect a lot because you know it's like you have this hundred percent of energy that you can give to anything and you can like really give a hundred percent to like your career if you really want to but then, like, it really takes a toll on the on like the people. Oh, yeah. Because like, more than anything, quarantine really did sort of reinforce the idea to me that like, relationships take a lot of work and a yeah. lot of time, and you can't give a hundred percent to two things at once. You yeah. have to kind of strike a balance, and you yeah. have to play. I don't know what's more important to you first. Yeah. But I guess, like, you know, if you're in your twenties, like, this is when you're supposed to figure all that stuff out. I feel like. Yeah. So. <laughs> I also feel like the other thing too. Is like since we're all quarantined together, it's harder to like figure out like, <laughs> do we need to work on something or are we just spending more time together than we normally would or things like that? Just because like even like, like my family is a pretty good example where like me and my mom were more or less side by side each day. Like now she's done with school, so like, you know. But like it was kind. Of, like, you know the ground floor of my house. It's, you know, there are no doors, really. So, like, you know, it would end up being, like, okay, well, I have to watch this video because I have to write about it. And then, like, my mom will, like, go in and start calling, like, parents and be, like, hey, what's, you know, have you signed in for the day? You know, this is what you need to go over with your child, things like that. And, like, you know, so, like, we worked side by side, and, like, you know, we'd, like, talk throughout the day, or, like, check in on things, but, like, if I was in the middle of the story, I'd be, like, mom, I can't fucking do this right now, <laughs> you know, and I'd get, yeah. like, snappy, but, like, my dad is kind of the opposite, where, like, he'll generally just go into the office, close the door, and, like, we'll see him, but not really all that much, and, like, he might come out at the end of the day and be, like, so what'd you do today? <laughs> I feel like that's actually a little bit more like how it is here. Like with me, um, I'm usually in the living room, in the dining room, doing whatever, my classes, um, you know, folding laundry in front of the TV, yeah. um, practicing, like one, you know, you asked me earlier, like, what have I been doing with my time in quarantine? And I was like, oh, do you, I don't know, decorating my house. But like yeah. the truth is too, like, you know, like I've gotten, I've got more time on my hands now and like the things I've been doing with it like you know me like when I was growing up before like all law school happened like I was so into languages so like I've been watching um a lot of Spanish television yeah. or like Spanish Netflix or um uh like videos on YouTube about improving your Chinese stuff like, like stuff like that like that has yeah. been 
a really fun thing that I've been able to do during quarantine. I paint a lot, like just That's for good. fun and kind of, um, you know, like I've kind of taken all my art supplies box back out and kind of been doing, yeah. like, trying to do one creative thing a day. Um, and then, you know, like that's, I guess I kind of, like that didn't jump to my mind first, but yeah. like truthfully on a day to day, like if you ask me what I'm doing, I'm usually doing like something like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the other thing too is like, funny enough, some of it is like part of a routine or it's like something that like you're not doing, maybe not doing every single day. So it doesn't like jump out at you. Like I've been playing guitar every day and like now since I've been doing it every day, it doesn't feel like oh this is something that I do yeah you like know, it's just I'm so just, part of your routine that it doesn't yeah, stand out anymore like, you're like I'm just all right, doing it. I finish work I like learn an acoustic version of a song you know and then I like do it like yeah. where like something like TikTok that I'm not doing every single day actively you know like it still like feels like I'm doing TikTok when I think of ideas <laughs> yeah so it you know it is kind of like that yeah but yeah, dope. You can learn uh, the acoustic version of every way. <laughs> I probably won't. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know how often I'm going to go back to this song. Still not sold on it. Start to survive. You learn the acoustic version of every way. I'll learn it in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the uh, the audio. Now, my acoustic versions of songs are very like bare bones where I'm like all right I know the chords I'm gonna bang them out I know one <laughs> strum pattern that's it you know sometimes I try different things but like like I just learned I miss you by blank and Aww. like yeah okay. and I'm like oh this is actually like I can do like something kind of different and like interesting but yeah uh, and then I ended up making a TikTok well, dude, I work on my pumpkin spice blog, like my fall blog, every every day. Like, yeah, <laughs> doing something on there every day. Pumpkin spice ninety four. Yeah, man. Um, For that shit. Do, you have, do you have any <laughs> final thoughts about every way? Um, yeah, actually, you know what was kind of crazy? the The album that every way comes off of is Blue Sky Noise, and um, I was supposed to go to Blue Sky Noise's 10 year anniversary in the spring and it got canceled because COVID. And I'm very. Everything's just, fucking, it sucks. Everything's been canceled. Summer of no shows, no festivals. No I'm like thankful for stuff getting pushed back, but I'm like, does that mean I'm not going to go to other stuff next summer if I want to? Like, yeah, it's like everything's pushed back, so that's got to be taking a big toll on the music industry because yeah. slots that like would have been open for other people are now just being yeah. taken over by stuff that didn't happen this year. Yeah, that's, like that's kind of crappy. I, I think I have four shows now that are gonna happen next summer, where you know, and like some I'm waiting on like the final dates. Like I've hell mega tickets. I've you know, rage riot fest all right so are you actually going well i can ask you about that later because i kind of circus arrives is not going to be playing at riot fest and they have right. a pretty riot fest has a great lineup i kind of want to go i'm gonna hit stop and then Stay, make sure they understand every way
There is 